the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Well, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. It's good to have you back with us uh, on this episode. Ben, uh, always good to have you here uh, to uh, help co-host and help run uh, the uh, the ship that is Chair 2 Leaders. And so how are you today on this beautiful spring day? It's doing, I'm doing well. It's good to be back with you. It's, the weather here has not decided what it's going to do. I think we're supposed to get frost again here just a couple days yeah. before Easter when we're recording this. And so I hope all the ones who had the you know the girls with the, the, the just the sleeveless dresses and all those things and short sleeve shirts for the guys that you found a jacket yeah for you may want to grab a sweater you know i was at a track meet i was at a track meet uh two weeks ago i've got to be another one uh later today uh, just as cold as i have been in a long long time and that's what two days after 75 degree weather and so yeah i can't make up his mind but it's the south yeah, wait five minutes and uh, it'll change. That's, so that's you gotta truth. love it. Yeah, that's that's it. We've got another fun episode today. I'm excited about. It. We're going to be talking about uh, the role of the pastor's spouse and the or the chair two leader's spouse in ministry. Before we dive into that conversation, Danny, tell us about our sponsor. Yeah, we're always glad to uh, have Central Baptist College be a part of this podcast. I hope that you've had time to check them out because if you need a college degree, maybe you don't feel like you have the time to complete one. Uh, CBC makes that easy for you. The Pace College degree program at Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas has a proven in-class, online, or hybrid course format and multiple degrees to fit your busy schedule. CBC understands you can't quit your full-time job. It's why they've developed a flexible format that's helped adults for 20 years earn their degree while working full-time. So here's how to get started. Go visit cbc.edu online, apply for admission. You can request a virtual meeting. They'll get in touch with you, help you find out what classes you might need, what degree program to look at. Just go visit cbc.edu online today so you can earn your degree, you can reach your goals. And Ben, I'll just say, since we're talking to Miss Kathy about uh, the you know the spouse of the chair two leader or chair one leader or chair three whichever one you're in, uh, you know CBC helped me out with that. So I uh, met my wife there. I think you did as well. So you know I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying that CBC is going to get you more than a degree. It's just a possibility. It is a possibility, but go because it's a good education. That's exactly right. It's a great place to go. But we are talking again about the chair, the leader's spouse again this week. If you missed last week's episode, make sure you go back and listen to it because uh, Kathy Litton, who is our guest again today, shared her story, told her testimony. It was a good conversation about uh, how to love your spouse well in ministry. And today we're going to turn and talk and explain on what we talked about a little bit last week and dive down into it a little bit more, talking about the different roles and ways the, the minister or the pastor's spouse can uh, function and the way the, how those roles are different. So, Kathy, welcome back to Chair Two Leaders. Thanks for joining us again. Well, Danny, Ben, it's great to be with you. It's been fun. So we talked last week that you had heard uh, Jeff Ewart from Gateway Seminary talk about three different ways that the, the spouse, their role can be fleshed out, where it's a supportive role, a compatible role, and a shared role. Let's 
can you give just a brief definition of each of those and maybe we'll talk about each way a little bit more in depth. Jeff talked about three models that he'd seen over his time and the first one being a supportive call that this is someone, a wife in our case, that uh, is fully supportive of the call of her husband, but doesn't feel a personal call herself. And so, but she's all in it to support his calling. And the second one, Jeff labeled as compatible, that both the, the man and his wife feel a ministry uh, calling, but they're very, very different. And where Jeff described his wife, Anne, as doing something very different than what he did while he preached and he taught and he led, she did something different. The last one was the shared call. And Jeff described this as a pastor and his wife that both feel equally called to do similar things. And so that even in this, in this model, a wife might visit and disciple people. She may even be part of leading teams. She may help create the strategy. And since I do work for North American Mission Board, I see a lot of planning wives serving like the sharing the call. And, and they really both equal feel a call to local church that's very, very similar. So I like the diversity of this model and it gives the freedom for every woman to address her own call in the way that God called her. I've never heard it put exactly that way before our conversation, but I really like how that just kind of breaks it down. And each of those different types of calling have the same value and worth. It's not that, hey, because you have a really shared call, it's more important than the one who has a supportive uh, role in how their ministry life uh, works out. absolutely think that's critical because a wife that's doing this need to be honored the way she's gifted, not the way somebody else is gifted. And so, you know, our calling lines up with our gifts. And so this gives us a birth for all three of these to be they're all the same in the eyes of God. It's gifting and calling together. So, Well, let's talk about the supportive call a little bit. I honestly think by your definition of it, who's their full supportive, they're there. It's probably where the majority of the time my wife would fall in a, a supportive role. Um, she's there to help behind the scenes. I remember when I was children's pastor, she was always there with me. Anything that was needed, she was my right hand in ministry. Probably, she, if truth be known, she was the better minister at times than I was. But she was always doing the behind the scenes things that needed to be done. Never was out front. Never was very um, just vocal on things. But she was always supportive. Couldn't have done it without her in that role. You know, I, I will say this, that LifeWave's done some studies on pastor's wife, and they discovered that more than 50% of pastor's wife work full or part-time. And again, I'm going to go back to my NAM experience just a little bit. We have many planting wives who are the full-on supporter. They may be professional, a dentist, a professional musician. I, I'm naming names of women I actually know. They're helping provide an income in a very high-cost-of-living city. And so no one would think she's unspiritual to help provide for their family when the cost of living is really, really high and they have professions. So there's a lot of women that are in the supportive area and some of it has to do with their own work. Yeah, that's been, you know, over the years, we, uh, you know, Talissa, my wife and I, we spent some time in church planting. It was the same thing. And, uh, you know, thankfully the Lord allowed us to, to both work to help provide, but, you know, many, many times um, uh, just, you know, we were able to do that work of ministry and, uh, you know, she falls more into shared uh, calling and we could talk about that here in just a bit. But, 
you know, it wasn't always that way. And, uh, you know, she's kind of grown into that role, just as I would say, I've grown into that role. And so, yeah, I, I see where um, that help in just being able to help uh, the planter, the pastor be on the field, uh, just that unsung hero every time. So if you have that supportive um pastor's wife or, or spouse what do you see kathy as as one of the keys to identifying maybe that role and how to flourish as a supporter well i think that um that that woman takes on the at this this posture that i'm called to love my husband and make him successful he just happens to be a pastor do you know what i mean i think it would be the same as any wife you know what I mean, would have mm-hmm. and and because I'm here to support him, I'm a you know you think about a supporting cast member in a play, uh, that's the role that she plays, and it's a very valuable role because, listen, let's be honest, no matter where you are in the scale, our husbands need our support. Without it, we are the backbone often to whether or not he feels successful or he feels like a failure, and so you cannot put enough money on this role right here. I mean, it's a price tag. It's so valuable. So it doesn't diminish this person's call at all. And they may not participate in all the activities of the church at the exact same level, but their role in support is just as vibrant and robust as anyone. Yeah, I love that analogy used of kind of the theater supporting role in the actor. If you were to go to Broadway and watch a show, you go for the star maybe who's the headliner on the, the, the show, but if there was not that cast behind them filling in the chorus, that were the extras filling it, it would be flat mm-hmm. and not nearly as enjoyable and successful a Broadway show without that supportive cast. I think you could kind of think about it that same way in the in the pastoral realm, whereas those supporters are necessary for you to be the star. Because if there's no supporters, there's no one who's out front. You're just it. And so they are critical to supporting you, keeping you there, giving you that strong foundation that you that you need and that, that, that are um, your help. And for a minister's spouse, one of your most important roles may be just being that listening ear to hear and to um, encourage at home. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Kathy, the the second type of call um, that you talked about, or that Dr. York talked about, that you mentioned is that compatible call. Let's talk about that a little bit. How would you define that? How would you describe that um, calling? Uh, and maybe what are some of the ways that that flourishes it is as well? Well, that's when a wife does something. She has a calling. It doesn't line up with his. It's very different. Maybe she's a creative and she's doing artwork in the children's area and she's pouring into the creation of content for children. And and we have one of our staff wives that's a novelist and she does a lot of work writing. And so there's, they have a calling. It's just not the same. It's very, very different. And, and they both feel like they've answered God's call. Do you, I mean, that's the most important thing that she's going to use her skills as an artist and feel just as comfortable as if, you know, she's not preaching, she's not teaching. She's doing what God called her to do. And I think that's what makes it very beautiful. They're compatible, but they're not the same. Yeah. And you don't have to be there. And it doesn't, it's, it's again, the, it's important and it's feeling that value, whereas you're not, well, it's not like one is more important than the other. Well, he's, he's a pastor. She's a teacher. Well, I'm just a, I'm just an artist. Those are essential elements. I mean, if you use the analogy of the body, like scripture does talking about the church, every part, no matter how minuscule 
is an important part, and it's it's critical to the life of that. And so I. Well, you know, it's just ironic. I've just been reading Exodus and all the artisans that God, by the spirit, it says, calls them into ministry. So, yes, there, you know, being an artist doesn't diminish your role in the kingdom of God at all. So any other any other niche. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you could you can function without your pinky on one hand, but you're not as effective if that pinky's missing. Um, so every person, you know, if you are, and I hesitate to say just an artist, but if you're an artist or a writer and you're not out front, you're not maybe doing the counseling, you still have a critical, important role for kingdom effectiveness. Well, you know, you know another and- role that a lot of wives take is social media, honestly. And a lot of this, I see this in our church plants. Now, what would we do without social media? So there's another really tool that a lot of different people are involved in that is critical to advancing the gospel. Yeah, and yeah. there's others, people who have no desire at all <laughs> to even darken the doors of Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Um, and so they don't want anything to do with it. But then there's people who are, who are just wired in God's brilliant design that that's intriguing and fun and not like work for them. So it, it doesn't you know, utilize that in the kingdom. Absolutely. You know, uh, one of the things that over the years, uh, and I think I may have made this joke on the last, last podcast, you know, I can't even clap and sing at the same time. My wife's fairly musical. Uh, Miss Kathy, I wonder if you could uh, maybe just speak to this for just a moment. So as I've kind of looked at these three callings, and we haven't got to share calling yet, uh, but, you know, when somebody says, okay, uh, my ministry is just going to look different than my spouse's ministry, I'm not going to pretend to try to play music or write music or direct music or anything along those lines. There's a maturity, I think, that has to come along with it, too, where you recognize the value of that. And you, instead of, well, you see it as compatible, but I just, you know, maybe I even heard it wrong the first time, but it kind of put the thought in my mind of it can be also combative if you're not careful if a husband and a wife are not very open in their communication to say, here's how we are gifted and we both... You know, we support one another and we share ministry to a degree. But, you know, when your ministries do kind of express themselves differently, just kind of keeping each other on the same page. Have you seen some of that happen where the compatible call can lead to some uh, conflict uh, in a relationship? Yeah, no, I, I'm i sure that is the case. But, I mean, it's it's really that's just a picture of all of marriage, isn't it? It goes back, yeah. To, yeah, it yeah, goes back right. to Rocky. I got gaps, you got gaps, we all got gaps, you know. And so yeah, that's that right. we, we have to have the maturity to let each other fill each other's gaps even here. And, you know, um, I've used the artist illustration. I have somebody in mind, and I can't imagine their their church functioning without her contribution. You know, and uh, and so I just I think it would be a pretty immature person that would try to give a ranking to all this stuff. That's not really the height of maturity to recognize, you know, that maybe what your wife does does not have the the public attention as much or is not so in in someone's mind as consequential as someone else but that's that's not a very healthy lens and it's not honoring how she's been wired and what she's been given you know and so this is god's business to put these callings and gifts in our lives and you know it's not Going back to what I said, I've had neither one of my husbands try to squeeze me into a mold. And I I just want to caution pastors, 
unconsciously you might be doing that and just ask yourself, is that what I'm doing? I'm expecting something from my wife that she's not able to give and who's, who's really kind of out of line here. I've, it's me maybe. And so uh, there could be some tension here, but I think we just have to work hard to honor each other. That, that's, that is really a good point. Now let's move on to shared uh, ministry approach. What what are some ways you really see this working, especially with your work with Naom um, or other pastors' wives that you, that you have, have worked, worked with? Well, again, I keep kind of referring to the church planting example, but often a planting wife is an unintended uh, assistant. Do you know what I mean? Or, or mm-hmm. assistant pastor, just because of the nature of things, and she, so many of them bring so much gifting, and a husband really grows to appreciate and really depends upon her perspective and her skills. And I mean, I'm a teacher and a speaker, and so is my husband. And we talk often about whatever work we're preparing right now. And so there's a mutuality to our gifts, encouraging and helping one another. And so for even even women that are really great at, at um, administration and helping line up systems, and uh, honestly, a lot of pastors, that's not their number one gift. And that administrative piece, if she brings that to the table and he welcomes her gift, everybody wins. And so I think there's a there uh, there's a lot of blessing to this. But again, you may have two people bumping heads a little bit. At least that happens over here at the Litton House on occasion. I wouldn't I think, know anything about that. No, no, not at all. There's, there's, there, there's two types of people with marriages. There's the ones that they bump heads occasionally and the ones who lie about it. So, well, so. you know what? If there's some head bumping over here, it's because Ed Litton is, is on him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So. And it's on me at my house. I'll just say that. Yeah. My wife listens. It's on me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, over the years, one of the things that, uh, that I've seen in um, – you know, my wife uh, is, and, you know, maybe this has something to do with just, you know, we're now in our 40s, our kids are now hitting teenage years. And so, um, you know, she's always been super gifted, super talented. I've just seen God work in her life in so many ways. She's just impacted so many different people. But, you know, I think what early on, it was certainly a, a very supportive uh, calling, but I've seen it really transition uh, to more shared calling at this point in our life. Do you see that happening? Um, uh, what does that maybe look like in, you know, in the planting world or just in your ministry in general? No, I totally think that no one's kind of stuck in one of these quadrants. And, and I do think that seasons of life can change uh, someone's maturity. I've met, there's a lot more, um, we're dealing with a lot of planning couples where they're both first generation Christians more than I've ever seen, but it's just the nature of the change of the culture. Right. And so their spiritual maturity catches up with them a little bit later when you're the first generation Christian in your family, you're probably not. And so spiritual maturity brings us along emotional maturity of the ability to see yourself honestly and to not try to be a people pleaser and commit to things you have no business committing to, then I think we get more sharpened and we get in the lane that we need to be and get out of the lane that we didn't need to be over time. Uh, And I, I would think that that's a really important role for even even a pastor to figure out. Sometimes we have to run in lanes we're not supposed to be in. We've all been there, but there comes a time 
when we need to get in the right lane. You know, another thing I want to throw this in that a wife can really add, and this can come from all three of these areas, that sometimes our husbands look to us for discernment or, or what did we observe? And I mean, I don't care where you fall in this calling thing, sometimes looking to us for wisdom or, you know, even some self-reflection, you know, ask God recently, we've had the conversation, do you see this in me? And so when, when your husband invites you in and they want your thoughts, I mean, I, it's a sobering moment for a pastor's wife to say, I can't be in my flesh right now. This man is turning to me for my perception, my discernment, my observation about something. This better be wisdom that comes from above right now. And so we have a sacred opportunity, but it is given to us by God, not for us just to run off on our own opinions. I mean, that is so powerful just to make sure we're understanding that it's a God-given responsibility. Uh, and, and I think the pastor's wife can go through those seasons we, you talked about. And I had never thought about it, how many church leaders they are first-generation Christians. Uh, and that's going to be huge. I mean, I grew up observing as a my dad was a pastor, so I saw my mom as a pastor's wife. My wife, her dad's a pastor, so she saw her mom. And so we come to it from this almost a generational perspective of being in a pastor's home. So we kind of get it and probably model after our parents. But when you don't have that model to look to, um, you're kind of out there looking for it on your own. So how would you say tell a wife or a spouse who really is a chair two leader. She may not have the salary, may not be on payroll, may not have a title, may not be on the website, but how would you guide her to, to discover, determine what her role is going to be in ministry? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with her bandwidth. You know, what is she able to contribute? What, and, and, you know, really what space is she going to be invited in to contribute? And that's, probably going to be determined primarily by our husband and secondarily by the church. You know, what, what, what space can she step into and what does that look like? Will she do some more communicating at church? I'm not talking about preaching. So hear me say that, but will, will she lead teams in a visible way at church? And will she administrate something? I mean, we're working on a project here We've got one of our staff wives that is very great administrator. Will will that person rise to the top? Or you know, and so I think that uh, they have to be invited into that space. We don't go kicking the door down, but when those skills and those gifts are identified and the body that they're in, their healthy body coming from her husband and the church, then she steps in there and she serves in a way of leadership that maybe not every pastor's wife is going to do. That doesn't make her better, but her gifts are being used then. Yeah, and one thing I've appreciated that NAM has done in their assessment process has helped cover some of these things, and uh, that was really helpful for us when we walked through some of the assessments to, you know, just kind of get a better understanding uh, of, you know, probably things that we knew, but we maybe, maybe we could put some official language to it uh, at that point. But, yeah, just given... I think church has given uh, space uh, for uh, young leaders, young, uh, you know, planning families or just young pastors and their spouse to still kind of, you know, figure out where they stand on all these things and, and uh, modeling too. I mean, you just see that uh, kind of the, I don't, 
trying to think of the right phrase. Uh, you know, you, you see how this kind of the downline effect, so to speak, where, you know, if a if a leader and their spouse can really model that kind of love and support and care and flourishment, you know, giving permission to people in that ministry also to learn how to love and care and flourish because um, you, you've mentioned it that, you know, it really is just a picture of marriage. I mean, every marriage that 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 we have anything to do with in our, our ministries, they're trying to figure out too where what their role is and what that looks like. And so I, I think, you know, when a pastor or chair two leader and their spouse can uh, you learn how to help each other out with that love, care, nourish, flourish, all the good words that we could throw in there. But yeah, I think NAMS really helped uh, a lot with some of that assessment stuff. And that's for those who are, who are the leader in the home and your spouse, maybe you're trying to figure out how you need to be looking at her and, and, and looking for ways to engage her in ministry. I know when I was children's pastor, it was pretty easy for my wife to come alongside. There was always activities. There were always things she could help with. When I transitioned to adult education and missions in our church, her role in the children's ministry almost was not there anymore because it was a different person who came in. And so her role actually where we were in our season of life at home probably shifted more homeward for a season because the ages of our kids. But I, I sat down with her a while back and I just said, okay, what do you want to do in ministry? How do you want to minister? How do you see God using you? And so there's the, even as a chair two leader or chair one leader, or, but your spouse, maybe they've not thought about it specifically, but challenge them to think and just, you know, ask God what kind of ministry they do need to have, uh, especially if they're caring for kids at home, that may be the primary right now, but at some point the kids are not going to be at home, Lord willing. And so I looked at my wife and I said, what, what do you want to do when the kids aren't here anymore? What kind of ministry do you see happening? Do you see it more of a counseling, a friendship, serving, teaching? What do you want? And she's like, you know, I don't even know that I've even thought about that. So we need to invite them into that conversation. Maybe they haven't had that thought, but encourage them to be in pursuing that. Okay, what kind of ministry do I need? Do I need to put some intentional thought into this? Well, I think that, you know, one other thing that a pastor can do when he is honoring his wife, appropriately honoring, I don't mean false honoring, I mean sincere honoring his wife. He's really setting an example for men in the church of how to treat and value their, I mean, it's, it's an unspoken signal to this is the appropriate way. And, um, you know, I'm very humbled that I have been married to two men who did that for me. They, it wasn't effusive public. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but that honoring a wife is really important for a pastor. And I would just encourage them, don't lose sight of that influence that you leave in the whole church. Mm, and it, it has to be true. It can't be, it cannot be forced. It cannot be contrived that people read right. Oh yeah, they do. They see right through that every single time for sure. Yeah. And, and look for those ways where you may see God could be moving in her life. Point is, Hey, have you thought about this? Cause I see this in you. Mm-hmm. Um, have you thought about doing this? You're good at this. Could you use this to serve God? I completely agree that, you know, sometimes a woman doesn't, or anybody doesn't see that in themselves. And now, and that's one of those things that we know about when other people affirm something as us, that's part of God using them to call that out of us, you know, not and make it, make us aware of what other people see. Yeah, that's really good. 
Well, Miss Kathy, this has been such a great conversation, uh, not only just this podcast, but last week as well. And I'm so thankful uh, for the work that God is doing uh, with you, uh, with Ed, what's going on at NAM, and, you know, just the ministry that God's called you to. Thank you so much. You know, one of the things that, you know, we've been real serious uh, for the last few minutes, but we, we do like to kind of end with some fun questions. So, you know, when it comes to you mentioned being a sports girl you know softball and things like that so you know if you had to pick a sporting event to go to for you and your husband to break away what would that sporting event be denver broncos football <laughs> even with john elway running it the way he is well I, you know, no no podcast, so no, but you know what uh, riverside Hornets nest. sorry yeah yeah <laughs> Way to bring that up. Thanks for yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I, he yeah. was a lot better when he was wearing a jersey, and everybody yes. believes that. But there is nothing like sitting in a Broncos game in Mile High Stadium. And uh, our church sat right next to the stadium. So. And listen, I love on I-25. I think it's I-25. Yep. Is that I-25? Yep, when you're kind of going south towards it and it just almost rises up right there so yeah yeah. uh, yeah, it's a beautiful place well thanks for sharing that it's always good to know that uh uh, the ministry that god's called y'all to but you know also having fun living life together absolutely absolutely you bet thanks guys yes yeah thanks for joining us kathy make sure you check out the other episodes subscribe like comment wherever you listen to podcasts that helps others find the episodes and find it so if you like it they might too so do us a favor and do that have a great week and we'll see you next time you've been listening to chair two leaders Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.